0: We've been going through this series with the youth, and sometimes, like, uh, I'll get a message, and I'm like, "Man, this is so good!" And I want to give it to you guys on Sunday morning, but just due to just you know not always being able to and whatnot. And then when I finally got the opportunity to uh, preach on this uh, Sunday morning, this particular Sunday morning, obviously. Uh, I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I want to preach what I've been preaching to the youth, you know, now. But uh, but it, I mean it was there, but I know how there's a lot of youth that stays in service and whatnot like that. I'm like, oh, they're just gonna they're gonna hear it again. But I couldn't the realization they don't remember everything I preached to them on Thursday nights. They they forget most of it. I, I asked them right after sometimes. So this is they're recapping you guys are getting this fresh for the very first time. But five words to change the world. Pastor Brenda has been going through a series from Facing Your Fear. And she finished part two last week, so this is kind of like two and a half before she picks it back up next week for part three. Uh, Because I really believe if you grab onto these five words, that you're going to go from fear to faith. You're going to go from defeat to victory. and uh, If you're willing to grab onto these five words. Uh, These words aren't just a declaration. Like A lot of times we say things like, and we don't really mean it. But these five words is a way of life. Not just things that we say once or we hear at church and we say and have fun with it. But it's actually a way of life. And so I'm going to pray. Dear Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for this morning. Lord, thank you, Lord, for this awesome opportunity, Lord, just to share uh, the word, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this awesome word, Lord. Help us, each one of us that's here, Lord, to be able to apply it to our lives. And be able to use it from a day-to-day basis. In your name, amen. So the five words, I kind of left you guys on the cliff. You know, you guys are like, "Oh, what are these five words? Five words to change the world. Well, these five words are, we are more than conquerors. How many of you guys have ever heard those words? We are more than conquerors. How many of you heard of it hundreds of times? Maybe ever since you've been in church, you've heard we are more than conquerors. But I truly believe if we actually come to the understanding and start walking in as we are more than conquerors, that whenever we face a mountain, whenever we go through a valley, Whenever we, uh, uh, whatever it might be, um, in the line of McDonald's, all of a sudden you've been waiting for a whole hour. And all of a sudden you get your food and you look in your bag and it's not right. Has anybody ever had that happen? Like it happens all the time for me. It's, It's like in those situations, guess what? You are more than a conqueror. So turn to your neighbor and say, you are more than a conqueror. Turn to your other neighbor and be like, you are more than a conqueror. We're going to do this one more time. Turn to the person behind you and say, you are more than a conqueror. (laughs) So we are more than conquerors. Uh, So as Christians, when we face these situations, like these mountains, these uh, valleys of low, the McDonald's line, whatever it might be, that we shouldn't face them with fear. Fear. We shouldn't. Uh, we shouldn't tremble, be like, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe we're going through this financial issue right now." We should be looking at the situation how God would look at it, and how God sees it. He's made each one of us more than conquerors. Second Timothy, verse one through seven says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love." In a sound mind. I'm going to read that one more time. Because I don't know about you guys. So that was a good one. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So that means when you're facing certain financial problems. Maybe it's a marriage problem. Maybe it's a, a, a uh, uh, your child's just rebellious. Maybe uh, it's... Um, who knows lack of communication whenever you're facing it that God hasn't given us a fear but gave us the gave us power and a sound mind what that means is that he's made each one of you guys more than conquerors that if we, I really believe if we grab onto these five words that we can Influence the people around us, our families, the schools we go into, as for students, uh, uh, the community, your workplace. It, when we come to the understanding that we are more than conquerors, so um, the thing is though, is that, and if you, for those that are taking notes, it's, this would be my first point: would be it's more than words. It's more than words. Uh, so seven percent. There's a statistic that when someone's preaching or teaching or anything, that only only uh, 20 percent, 20 to 30 percent, will actually grab on and do something about that. Actually apply that to their lives. I mean, 70. This morning I said 70 percent. Only uh, I said 20 and 70, leaving a 10 percent. Neil, the guitar player, he's like, "Is that other 10 percent? Are they because they don't show up at church?" I'm like, "Yeah." (laughs) I thought that was funny. But so it's between 70 to 80% will not apply what they teach. That means if we were to look at the church around us, if you look all around, start looking around, that'd be like taking, if only 20% applied the message, that'd be taking like this group of people from here over, actually applying it to their lives. I mean, think about that. The rest of the church, on a Sunday morning, they'll hear a good message. They'll hear something God might even speak to them. But all of a sudden, once they leave these doors, they might tell one person maybe, and but the rest of their the week, whatnot, they will not apply the message to their life. So my heart is for you guys to make it not just words, but just when we say that we are more than conquerors, that it's a way of life, not just a declaration that we speak. Because once we make this a way of life, I truly believe that it will be um, we'll be setting the example. Think about that. If in every situation that you face, if you face it as more than a conqueror, if you looked at whatever that... Um, Whatever you're going through, and if you look through the lens of God, that as you are more than a conqueror, that you're setting the example for others. How cool would it be uh, be if you were to, um, if you're, let me think how to say this, how cool would it be if the outcome of your situation wasn't based on your emotions or your financial problems or what people say about that situation, but based uh, fully on that you are more than a conqueror and how God sees that situation, how powerful and more impactful you would be. Uh, If you guys would turn with me to Romans chapter 8, 35 through 37. A lot of you guys know it, probably by heart. I remember in JBQ, this was one of the uh, junior Bible quiz what is Romans chapter 8, verses 35? You had to quote all the way down. But Romans chapter 8, 35 through 37. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecutions or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is, as it is written... For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That one word right there in that scripture that says conquerors, that you are more than conquerors, that word conqueror, it sums up those five words that we are more than conquerors with this one Greek word. It's, uh, now I'm, I'm not a Greek speaker, I'm not, you know, but I'm going to try here. Hypernicio, which means conquer, and this is what it means. To gain a surpassing victory, to vanquish beyond, overkill, or in other words, means that you win like a boss. Think about that. You win every situation like a boss. Turn to your neighbor and be like, you win every situation like a boss. Exodus 14 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. So that leaves us, if, if, if Christ has paid it off for us, if we are more than conquerors, that leaves, leaves us with no excuse. That leaves us without excuse. 1 John 4, chapter 4, verse 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. See, the one that is in us is greater than any situation that we might face. So if we're facing a situation, what we have no excuse to overcome that situation, whatever it might be. Uh, so, the, if, if we are more than conquerors, is if each one of you guys are more than conquerors, in every situation you face that we should be able to handle, overcome, overkill, as it says, be the boss in that situation, then why, as Christians, do we live defeated lives? Think about that. If Christ has called us to be more than conquerors, then if we're honest with ourselves, why do we live defeated lives? Like you see, here of all these crazy stories. In the New Testament, or you mean in the Old Testament? Like, you hear tons of crazy stories. Uh, Peter walking water, Jesus hearing leprosy. Uh, Just think of, like, in your mind, someone, give me the crazy story that you, you think is in the miracle in the Bible. Anyone? Jonah, that's a crazy one. Anyone else? Anything. Red Sea, that's a crazy one. It's water splitting, right? You see all these. Why don't we still see crazy miracles? Like, we hear of them occasionally. And especially, it's sweet now that, especially here at Cornstone, we have healing rooms. And there's a lot of miracles breaking out. But, like, as an individual, why aren't we as Christians living as they did in the New Testament? Um, so what, what separates us from looking like Jesus? See, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today. And forever. So if, if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then it's not God; it's us. It's not God's problem, but it's our problem. John chapter 14 verse 12 it says, "I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father." Check that out. Jesus said that. Hey, Chris, you guys. at Both Chris's. you like, I did that. You guys are more than concrete. You're going to do greater works than I've ever done. So if that's true, if Jesus told each one of us, if he's telling that to us, then why aren't we doing greater works than Jesus did? Why aren't we seeing greater miracles than Jesus did? And I believe it comes down to this, that we have trust issues. We have trust issues. In order for us to move from fear to faith, in order for us to move from defeat to victory, we need to work on our trust with God. Um... I remember uh, just before I got married, me and Josie, <clears throat> we were on the beach over in Interlaken, Cedar Hedge, and there was uh, me and my buddy Dylan. We like to climb trees and whatnot, and he, he pushes me sometimes past my limit and puts me in situations that I'm not comfortable in. And uh, I remember this one particular incident. There was these two trees, real I don't even know how high, super tall to me at least. And, and there was this broken tree that had fallen in between the two trees. So you could get from one tree to the other tree by crossing the broken tree that's laying across these two. So we climb up it, get there. I'm like, oh, this is a cool idea. You know, my wife's down there. We're about to get married. Show her, you know, I'm, I, I'm brave. And we start to cross. He crosses all the way to the other side. And I get into about halfway. And then all of a sudden, I, I'm feeling uh, very uncomfortable. All of a sudden, like for me, heights isn't a problem when I can trust what I'm on, right? If if I'm climbing a ladder, I can go pretty high. Because I, if the ladder's sturdy, but in that moment, all of a sudden, I felt insecure of that broken tree that's laying across, and literally, like all of a sudden, it's flashing in my mind: man, I'm gonna have a broken arm now, just on my wedding day. The next day, I'm gonna be in a cast, right? Uh, I'm not trusting my ability at the moment, so I end up—I <laughs> think Dylan ended up going all the way down, climbing up the other side, and kind of helping me back across the other side to go back down. And I didn't—I didn't make it because I—I I didn't trust that tree. So I want to read to you guys a story in the Bible. Uh, And two men, uh, Peter and John, and how, and I believe from this passage of story, which is Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, will tell us how we can build that trust with God. And so it's Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And I'll be reading out the New Living Translation. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple... A man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's courtyard where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. So I think there is three things that we can pull from that. And the very first thing, let's talk about trusting with God or trusting God. Because let's face it, like if you're like as in, in any relationship, there has to be trust, and I don't think it's so much on God's end, because, but it's on our end trusting God. And the very first thing is that we don't spend time with God. Like in order to build trust with someone, you have to be able to spend time with that person. And as Christians, I think we lack spending time with God, and and because of that, we we don't trust when we get into uncomfortable situations. To for me, like on that tree, to go all day cross, or maybe for you, it's like all of a sudden when you're God says, hey, go heal that person or go pray for that person. Go see what's wrong with that person. It's like, oh, I don't know. Is this really God saying this? I don't think so. I'm going to go the other way, right? Because we're not spending time with God to know his voice. We're not spending time with God to understand that, hey, um, you know, the Bible says this. I believe in healing. This is going to happen because he's made me more than an overcomer. So um, are you spending, my question is to you, are you spending time with God? So remember, we're talking about, are are we wanting to do more than what Jesus did? Because Jesus promised that, that each one of you guys are going to do more than what he did. That we're going to be more than what he was as a conqueror, as far as walking on this earth. So, And it starts with spending time with God. See, Peter and John, they were on their way to the temple. So they made a daily routine to pray with God, hang out with God. The next thing is, they kept eternal focus. They kept an eternal focus. I kind of picture like... Uh, this Like if you have a stool, Pastor Dave, I love his analogies. He uses like a stool, and he always says there's three legs to hold up any stool. And so the first leg would be spending and building your trust with God is spending time with God, and the second one would be keeping eternal focus. And what that means is keeping on the forefront of your mind what God has called you to do. See, I believe, like, we, I was made aware of this a lot more, especially this last um, mission trip that we went on with the youth uh, to New York. That in our daily encounters, that we can relate God to people. Just in our daily re- uh, just encounters. And what I mean by that is like on the way in a grocery store or whatnot, if sometimes you see these people always on their phones, they pay, they're out, right? Or we might say, oh, thank you, here's the money, and, you know, leave, and that's it. Instead of really listening to God, saying, okay, is this person needing a word from God right now? Is this person needing, maybe the person on the other side of the gas pump needs something from God right now, or needs, you know, just, you know, an encouragement. Because Pastor Neil, I think I was talking about a couple weeks ago, that just one word from God can change Someone's life. Jason gave a great testimony of that. If you guys haven't heard that, Jason Reed gave a great testimony to where he got a word from God. I forget the word, but he, gave, he got a word from God, and he, he, you know, he was uncomfortable. He didn't want to do it, but because he knew it was God's voice, because he spent time with God, he, he went into the story, uh, found the person, gave the word, and all of a sudden that person was wrecked because of that one word they got from God. So I and I, this is here's Peter and John. They they've always gone. To the temple to pray, right? But in this particular moment, they had they kept the eternal focus that what their mission was. And when that person reached out and said, hey, I, I need some money, they could have kept walking, right? They could have kept going like they've always done. But instead, in that particular moment, they chose to listen to God and keep the eternal focus. And, and then this is what brings to the third leg in the stool, which is they had nothing but God to offer, See, they, they said, uh, silver gold I do not have, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk, right? Like sometimes I think we lack trust in God is because we're relying on ourselves rather than God. Think about that. Like if if in um uh if we if we rely if like I'm only capable of doing so much. Like I remember uh, it was young adults, I think it was Hannah's on here to correct me good. Okay. I think it was second. Oh, I think she's right there. I think it was the second week. We, we, uh, uh, it was after the worship, after the message, we went outside, played some lacrosse and I told Brayden, I'm like, Brayden, all right, if we play, if you play lacrosse with me, we'll go jump off the bridge in alberta and i don't like i used to love doing crazy things like that but now that i'm getting older not that i'm super old but i'm you know i'm trying to wise up a little bit more not do things that i used to do and so i said it you know and um I came to the we were done playing lacrosse and we were able to he's like okay the time to go i'm like ah oh, no one wants to go braden and then you know everyone's like yeah we want to go we want to go so we all hopped in the car get in there and we hop on the bridge finally me and braden were the i think braden jumped first am i right and then he came up and then we held hands because, I don't know, this is, for me, it was the biggest jump I've ever made off of something. It was like, I don't know, what Would you say, or Mike, would it be about 15 feet? Not that high, but it was 15 feet, and then if you count, you know, the jump and all that stuff, we'll give it another 20 feet. <laughs> Just, so, 20 feet, We'd, you know, and like, I, I'm not, I'm uncomfortable because I know my ability in situations like that, especially now that I've gotten older. Like before, I was comfortable, I practiced, I used to jump, do backflips off the pier and Frankfurt and all that stuff, and stupid stuff like that that but now that i don't do it anymore it's a lot it's uncomfortable for me because i know now that i'm getting older i'm clumsy so i'm thinking i'm going to slip off this thing and so anyways so like when we face situations that we're uncomfortable in like me on that on that ledge is like like i knew for me i knew Braden had made the jump I knew this area was safe. He, he brought me reinsurance. And when we face situations that we're not comfortable in, that's what's cool about when I read earlier, Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. He says, God says, sit back. Let me handle it. I'll take care of it for you. So I believe the three, so in building that trust with God is spending time with God, is keeping eternal focus and understanding that it's uh, nothing to do with, with us, but all about what God has to offer. Um. Can you imagine if we got to a place where our outcomes to our situation isn't determined by our fears, but rather the victory God has already promised because we chose to trust God? Think about that. In every situation we face, can you imagine that the outcome of that situation is victory because we chose to trust God, because we chose to spend time with God, because we chose to keep that eternal focus, because we chose that's not on us, but it's on God. And the thing that I want to close with is, uh, which is the fourth point, is show up. If I can have the uh, worship team come back up, I made uh, I made sure I had some time for uh, for the altar ministry to do something special. So, uh, but anyways, fourth point is show up, and what that means is willing to like a game like you practice you've prepped and then it's game time right it's time to show up so like when it when you come into those situations when that you're facing are you gonna walk in fear or are you gonna walk in that you are more than a conqueror and look through the lens and how God sees it see a lot of times that we have these um and I it was this actually I spoke this to the youth as well that in this um And that we have these mountain experiences with God like Moses did. Like Moses experienced God in a great way on the mountain. Would everybody agree with that? Like it was crazy, right? Unheard of, we would say. And... He has this crazy experience with God, and all of a sudden, he takes what God gave him, and he brings it to the nation, and then what happens? You can like literally read this. It's in Exodus. that he All of a sudden, because he took God off the mountain and into his country, into his land, it completely transformed their nation. They, they, they were God-fearing. They were given the Ten Commandments at that time because they were willing to move God off the mountain and into their lives. So what would happen if you took God off of your mountains, your mountaintop experiences with God? Maybe that's times at church. Maybe that's times in your bedroom. Maybe that's times who you know. Whenever you have those moments with God, when you spend your daily devotions, are you leaving God behind the doors on the mountain? Or are you taking him in to your community, into your families, into your schools? See, we need to move from fear to faith. We need to move from defeat to victory. We need to start walking as more than conquerors. These five words, we are more than conquerors, can't just stay words, but we need to make it a way of life. Um, and the thing is, too, like, to choose to live as more than conquerors, it's not going to be easy. Like, you're going like to be facing uncomfort uncomfortable situations like i remember uh i'll give you my most recent one it was yesterday for me uh i don't okay i got word this right it's not that i don't like babies it's just that i'm not comfortable around babies like i don't have me and joseph been married for six years now and we don't have any kids yet our choice is and you know anyways my sister has um she has a one month year old and me my sister and um my new nephew and um uh my grandpa went to go with my sister to get a car and she's looking at cars and um So I'm in the car with my nephew, it's cold out, so he stayed in, and I said, yeah, I'll stay I mean, he's he's content. And as soon as they got out of the car, he becomes uncontent real fast. So and my sister called on before they actually took two steps away, so she quickly made me a bottle. I put the bottle in the mouth, and it starts drooling all over the place, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know how this works. I'm pulling it out, wiping his face up, which I think is the right thing to do, and then put it back in and all you know he got content for a little bit and then I'm like ah okay now he now he doesn't want the bottle and he's beginning to whine so naturally I'm thinking okay grab the burp rag I don't know I burp rag I got him I'm holding him he's, that's not working so crying so finally I grab him like this shaking I, you know I, I'm like I don't even know what to do I'm trying to get and finally he settles down and he he had a hat on a hat fell off I'm like I'm not even gonna mess with trying to put the hat back on my my sister come opens the door she's like you are a, you look like you're a mess right now uh, and the thing is to like in that in that like I told her I'm like when you guys go to test drive the car make sure you come back and get us don't leave us here and she left us so I, I was put into an uncomfortable situation you know and I believe that God's gonna put you guys or we're in uncomfortable situations and the thing is what makes it easier knowing that we are more than conquerors knowing that we already have the victory we don't fight for a victory but we fight from victory but also is that if God says we're going there and we could see there, but we see that there's these uncomfortable situations, but I know I have to get there because God has called me there. It makes it easier going, facing that giant. It makes it easier going through those valleys. It makes it easier going up and over that mountain because I know God has already called me and promised me over there. So I'm going to read two more passages. And it's in Isaiah, and you guys all know this one, but Isaiah 43, verse 2 through 4, it says, When you pass through the waters i'll be with you and when you pass through rivers they will not sweep over you when you walk through the fire fire you will not be burned the flames will not set you ablaze for i am the lord your god the holy one of israel your savior i give egypt for your ransom so think about that egypt what is your egypt what is holding you captive keeping you from the victory see god just said i give you that egypt i give you whatever depression anxiety maybe it's finances he's giving you the victory he's made you more than conquerors in that situation since you are precious and honored in my sight and because i love you i will give people in exchange for you nations in exchange for your life second corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 through 9 says we are pressed on every side but not crushed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed why because we are more than conquerors so if i can everybody stand eyes closed I truly believe that if we actually make these five words, we are more than conquerors, a way of life, we're going to transform and start setting examples uh, for our community, for our family to come to know God. But the thing is, though, like I said in the beginning, it's more than words. Are you going to be a part of that 70 80% statistic that just walks out of here and does nothing with this? Or are you going to be a part of the few, that 20% that 30% that does something with it are you going to be are you going to look at every situation that you face as more than a conqueror because that's who God has called you to be or are you just going to let that circumstance uh, the that situation your feelings what people say about that situation what people say about who you are determine your outcome or you're gonna let God determine your outcome and who he's calling you to be which is more than conquerors So raise eyes closed and heads bowed like I said I'm gonna close a little bit different differently than what we normally do on sunday but if if you're here and you're like you know what i don't want to be that statistic that does nothing with this but you if you're truly wanting to live a life that's more than a conqueror that's impacting your community your family your the schools the whoever you come in contact with and you really truly want to live that out more than just a declaration but a way of life raise your hand right now Now if you raise your hand, like I said here's the different part. Come on up here. You gotta come up here to the altar because we're going to spend some time in worship like Peter and John did. Peter and John, they spent time with God. Peter and John chose to keep the eternal focus. I'm, uh, I'm just going to close in some prayer and then we're going to begin some worship. And I'll come back up here and close off service. But, dear Father, thank you, Lord, for this uh, today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you see everyone that's up here, Lord. Now, each one of us are going to hold each other accountable, Father. That we're going to hold each other accountable to looking through the lens of how you see things, Lord, and not how we see each situation, Lord, and how you see each situation is that we are more than conquerors in anything that we face, Lord. Help us just to begin to build that trust with you, Lord, that where we can live in a place of conquering every situation, Lord. Help us just to spend time with you, Lord. Help us just to keep that eternal focus, Lord, and help us to understand, Lord, that it's not about us but you, Lord.